Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today I have another episode of Tuesday Night Extreme, where I'm going to give my review on ECW's One Night Stand 2005. Starting off the evening, we go to our first match on the card. It is Lance Storm versus Chris Jericho. Starting off the match, pretty much a back-and-forth matchup between Jericho and Storm. Both these guys know each other very well in this in the ring. Jericho hits a drop kick on Storm. Storm then gets up, hits a drop kick of his own on Jericho. Jericho then hits a step-up enziguri on Storm. Storm then hits a super kick on Jericho. Storm then applies a half crab on Jericho, but Jericho ends up breaking the hold. Jericho then puts Storm in a walls of Jericho. Don Marie then distracts the ref. Jason and Justin Credible are here. Credible ends up hitting Jericho with a kendo stick. Storm then goes for the cover, pins Jericho over to three, and your winner of the match is Lance Storm. This was not a bad opening match, man. It really wasn't. And to be honest with you, like I told you a minute ago, there's a lot of history between Lance Storm and Chris Jericho. I mean, they were a, a tag team at one point. I believe it was for Memphis Wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. I know they were a part of a tag team um, way back in the day. Um, and just the, the you know the lineage that Jericho and Storm have in that ring, fantastic stuff. Um, this was a great match, and it was great seeing Justin Credible come out with Jason to help out James Storm. You know, because Lance Storm and Justin Credible were one hell of a tag team. For ECW, you know, and then having Dawn Marie ringside coming out to the ring with Lance Storm, man. It just gave you that old school ECW feel, man. And it was just fantastic stuff. Hats off to Lance Storm for getting the win in this match. After that match, we can go to our next match on the card as well. It is Guido versus Super Crazy versus Tajiri in a triple threat elimination match. Starting off the match, pretty much a back and forth matchup between all these guys. Tajiri ends up hitting a handspring back elbow on Super Crazy in the middle of the ring. Guido then hits a leg drop off the top rope on Super Crazy. Super Crazy then hits a moonsault off the second balcony on Guido on the outside, which was absolutely devastating, man, and just awesome. Mikey Ripwreck then gets involved in a match, hits a whippersnapper off the top rope on Guido, pins, pins for the three, and Guido is eliminated from this match. Super Crazy then hits a moonsault off the top rope on Tajiri, ends up pinning him for the, th- uh, pinning him for the three, and your winner of the match is Super Crazy. Again, Man, this was an awesome match. You know, a lot of history between both all three of these guys in this match. You know, Guido, Super Crazy, Tajiri. Those triple threat matches they gave us in ECW way back in the day, man, were just phenomenal matches. Absolutely just fantastic matches, man. And credit, little Guido didn't get, you know, a lot of the wins in these triple threat matches, man. But he really did, help, you know, held his own. But I feel like majority of the people wanted to, you know, wanted to just see Tajiri versus Super Crazy. Because that everybody had their eyeballs locked into that match and those two guys. You know what I mean? Because it was always a split crowd between Tajiri and Super Crazy. Some people loved them both. Some people hated them. Little Guido, a lot of people hated Little Guido and the whole gimmick and what he was. Not a lot of people liked him. Um, this was a fantastic match, man. It really was. Hats off to Super Crazy for getting, this, getting the win in this match and what I thought was a fantastic match. After that match, we go to the next match on the card as well. It is Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis in a grudge match, if you will. Pretty much a back-and-forth matchup between both Mysterio and Psychosis. Rey ends up hitting a springboard moonsault on Psychosis. Psychosis then hits a devastating leg drop off the top rope on Rey on the guardrail on the outside. It looked absolutely brutal, man. The way that Rey came off that guardrail from that leg drop, man, I know that had to hurt really bad. Rey then gets up, hits a 619 on Psychosis. Rey then hits a West Coast pop on Psychosis, pins him for the three. And your winner of the match is Rey Mysterio. Again, awesome match, man. A lot of history between Mysterio and Psychosis from the matches they had in Mexico to the matches they had 
in WCW, the matches they had in the match they had here in ECW. And, you know, in ECW back in the day, man, this was a grudge match between both these guys. And it lived up to the hype, in my honest opinion, man. This was a fantastic match. And to see, you know, and just to see some of these guys come back under the ECW banner, if you will, at this time, it was just fantastic, man. You know, taking a trip back memory lane and seeing these two competitors in the squared circle, you know, and just giving the fans a fantastic match, man, and just awesome stuff. Hats off to Rey Mysterio for getting the win in this match. After that match, we go to our next match on the card as well. It is Rhino versus Sabu. Um, this match was great too, man. And number before I even get started in this match, it was just great seeing Sabu back in an ECW ring again, man. It was just absolutely fantastic. But the match itself kind of takes off a little slow, man. It's pretty much a back-and-forth matchup between Rhino and Sabu. Sabu then hits Rhino with a chair shot that was absolutely brutal. Sabu then hits a Hurricanrana off the top rope on Rhino. Sabu then hits a leg drop on Rhino as well. Rhino then gets up. Goes to Gore Sabu, but instead he hits the ref. Rob Van Dam is ringside. He gets involved in this match. Ends up hitting Rhino with a chair. Sabu then hits a leg drop off the top rope with a chair on Rhino through a table in the middle of the ring. Pins Rhino for the three, and your winner of the match is Sabu. Again, awesome match, man. And Like I stated earlier, it was just great to see Sabu back in ECW and inside that ECW ring. And the fans were losing it, man. You know, I, I, I can't even tell you the last time when I've been, you know, watching ECW and watching all these events, how long of a layoff that Sabu had in ECW at the time. I feel like it was quite a while. Um, but just to see him come back and have a great match with Rhino, man, just absolutely fantastic stuff. Hats off to Sabu for getting the win in this match. After that match, we go to our next match on the card as well. It is Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. And again, another grudge match, if you will. Starting off the match, again, both of these guys know each other in and out of this ring. And it makes for a fantastic match, man. Pretty much a back-and-forth matchup between Guerrero and Benoit. Guerrero is pretty much trying to control the matchup, though. Eddie hits Benoit with a chair that was absolutely brutal. Benoit then gets up, hits a Northern Lights suplex on Guerrero in the middle of the ring. Benoit then hits three German suplexes on Guerrero. Benoit then hits a diving headbutt off the top rope on Guerrero. Benoit then quickly applies a crossface on Guerrero. Guerrero ends up tapping out, and your winner of the match is Chris Benoit. I mean, what can I say, man? I mean, obviously, big fan of Eddie Guerrero. Benoit, fantastic competitor inside that squared circle. And I've stated, I've stated that multiple times, man. Fantastic athlete, fantastic competitor. This was not a bad match either, man. And this was, you know, this is a, a beef between these two guys that have has spread all the way back in the day from New Japan when Eddie Guerrero was the Black Tiger and Chris Benoit was the Pegasus kid. You know, and at the time, both these guys both wear a mask. I don't think most people realize that or even realize they wrestled in New Japan. You know, this was a history that's going on between them two for a very long time. <clears throat> and again, you know, you have this match right here. This shows you how long these guys have stayed in the business. You know what I mean? And, and just the superstars they ended up becoming later, you know, later down in their career, man. I feel like WCW really dropped the ball on both Guerrero and Benoit, man. They're absolutely fantastic competitors, man. Both of them should have been world champions multiple times, in my honest opinion. But hats off to Benoit for getting the win in this match. After that match, we go to our next match on the card as well. Pretty much a return match for both these guys. Mike Awesome versus Tanaka, man. Big fan of both these competitors, especially the, the work they've done in ECW. We get another match between these, you know, both these guys. Starting off the match, Awesome and Tanaka both exchange in the middle of the ring. Awesome ends up hitting a slingshot shoulder tackle on Tanaka. Tanaka then hits Awesome with a chair shot. Awesome then gets up, hits a devastating Awesome bomb off the apron on Tanaka through a table on the outside that was absolutely brutal. Awesome then hits Tanaka with a chair. 
Tanaka then gets up, hits a DDT off the top rope on Awesome on top of some chairs. Tanaka then hits an elbow drop off the top rope on Awesome using a chair. Awesome then hits a spear on Tanaka. Tanaka then gets up, hits a DDT off the top rope on Awesome, on awesome through a chair, uh, table. Awesome then hits a devastating Awesome bomb off the top rope on Tanaka. That was absolutely brutal. Awesome then hits another Awesome bomb on Tanaka. Throws him to the outside on a table. That was absolutely just devastating, man. And Awesome then hits a tope after he puts Tanaka through the table. Pins Tanaka for the three, and your winner of the match is Mike Awesome. Okay, number one, this match to me was the match of, of the night on this card. And a lot of the matches that Awesome and Tanaka had, man, were absolute bangers. Like, they were some of the best matches I've ever seen. And, I, again, this goes back to, you know, the, the whole nostalgia thing. These guys have also wrestled for another company called FMW that a lot of people don't know. Like, if you're a hardcore, legit wrestling fan, you know about FMW, you know, and what they were doing over there in Japan with the exploding C4 matches with Hayabusa and Onita, you know, just you know, Cactus Jack, Terry Funk. Mike Awesome and Tanaka were a part of that this promotion as well and gave fantastic matches, man. Fantastic matches. I believe Mike Awesome named in the FMW promotion was the Gladiator. And then you obviously had Masato Tanaka being Masato Tanaka in FMW. That's his name. It was just fantastic match, man. Fantastic matchups between both these competitors, and it shows right here. Like, you know, Tanaka, I know good and hell well that Tanaka and Awesome were off ECW television for a long time. And then Paul brings them back for this, you know, ECW one-night stand event, and it's like they never left where they, you know, left off. You know, when Austin threw Tanaka off that apron, threw that damn table on the outside, man, I thought Tanaka broke his neck. I mean, he landed head first through that table. I literally thought he broke his neck right there. Just brutal, man. The crowd was chanting ECW. They were going crazy. It was like these two guys have never left. And their spirit was always there in ECW, man. It was like they never left. You know, and I had to give credit where credit's due, man. Hats off to Paul Heyman for putting this card together. You know, and I will get into more about that and how I feel about that towards the end of this podcast. But hats off to Mike Awesome for getting the win in this match. After that match, we go to our next match on the card as well. It is the Dudley Boys versus Tommy Dreamer and Sandman. Fantastic matchup, man. A lot of different things happened in this match, though. The Dudley Boys end up getting the win. But the amount of people that showed up in this match, uh, the Blue World, uh, Blue World Order showed up. Stevie Richards, Nova, Blue Meanie, they all showed up. Awesome stuff. Axel Rotten and Mahoney end up showing up as well. Spike Dudley shows up. Um... The way the Dudley boys won, though, when they put Tommy Dreamer through that flaming table, man, it just looked absolutely brutal, man. Just brutal stuff. And then, when you, you know, when Tommy Dreamer came out to the ring and you see him looking around and seeing the crowd in the audience in this, you know, packed show, you know, he had goosebumps, man. You can hear, literally see him saying that he's got goosebumps, just how crazy it was. Like, you can almost see him getting emotional just seeing, you know, what ECW has done for the wrestling community and the wrestling fans, man. It's just absolutely awesome stuff. Um, hats off to the Dudley boys for getting the win in this match. After that, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes down. All the ECW uh, superstars come down. They all have a drink together. They all hang out. But throughout this entire event, you had Raw and SmackDown superstars watching this match from a second-floor balcony. You know, so Stone Cold is sitting there with his microphone, a beer in hand. He's pretty much calling out the entire – both rosters for SmackDown and Raw to come down to the ring – and challenge the ECW guys. So they start making their way down to the ring. And then both, you know, you had the ECW superstars on one side of the ring. And then SmackDown and Raw superstars on the other. And then everybody's chanting for Taz. And then next thing you know, Taz shows up. And people lose their mind. 
you know, Taz makes his way down to the ring. He has the FTW uh, T-shirt on. And, uh, you know, him and Taz and Kurt Angle pretty much lock eyes. Kurt Angle looks like he's going to, you know, try to beat the hell out of Taz. And then next thing you know, Kurt Angle runs after Taz, and Taz is just beating the hell out of Angle. And then the whole out fight breaks out. It was just crazy stuff, man. This was absolutely an awesome show. A couple of things I wanted to get into about this show, though, in my honest opinion, is number one, this was a fantastic show. Number one. This was a great show. The way that Paul Heyman and his team booked this show was absolutely fantastic. Um, another thing, too, was the names that were involved in this ma- like in these matches, the names they brought back. Uh, number one, Mike Awesome and Tanaka coming back, that was the match on the night of the night for me on this card. Absolutely. And that's saying a lot because there was a lot of good matches on this card. But those two guys, to me, you know, they beat the hell out of one another, and it makes for an absolute fantastic match. The other thing is, too, is that to me, in my honest opinion, and I know some people may disagree with me because there, there is other ECW pay-per-views besides the one-night stand, um, but there wasn't many after that. After the ECW one-night stand in 2005, there was a couple other pay-per-views, but to me, this was the last ECW pay-per-view, in my honest opinion, that Paul Heyman at least had a little bit of control over and had ECW original talent a part of the show. Um, to me, this was the last ECW show for e- ECW and Paul Heyman, you know, and that, that's saying a lot, man. If people can go back in the history of time with ECW and you cannot sit here and tell me that ECW did not change the way professional wrestling is going, it ha- you know, has been and what it's going to be for the, the duration that it's going to be around. And pro wrestling has been around for a very long time. And since ECW came into existence, I think it was like early 95, um, I mean, look at it. You know, you wouldn't have a TLC match or a ladder match or, you know, all this crazy stuff that you see now, the steel cage matches and stuff and all these hardcore stuff. If it wasn't for ECW, you know what I mean? You, WWE at the time wouldn't have had a hardcore championship if it wasn't for what Paul Heyman and ECW was doing back in the day. Hell, I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't even say that WWE would have had an attitude era if it wasn't for ECW. And that's saying a whole hell of a lot because Paul Heyman and ECW didn't have the budget or the funding that a Raw and SmackDown did at the time. You know, they weren't a billion-dollar corporation, man. You know, Paul was pretty much paying these people out of pocket, you know, from ticket ticket sales and merchandise to pay, you know, his roster. They didn't have, you know, all the glitz and glamour. They didn't. But those ECW fans that were, you know, when they had those shows live from Philadelphia or any other place, the fans didn't give a damn about that. What the fans wanted was awesome matches and fantastic action in these matches. You know, the hell with the glitz and glamour, man. And that's what ECW was. ECW, to me, will always and forever be the punk rock era of professional wrestling. They were, man. Hands down. You know, and you got to give credit where credit to Paul Heyman is a genius. You know, for the amount of matches he put together, the storylines that he built, the stables that he put together, the pay-per-views, you know, and the superstars and the characters that he created for this show. You know, guys that never went to WWE, you know, guys like Mahoney, guys like Axel Rotten, guys like New Jack, you know, Sandman never went to WWE, you know. Yeah, Tommy Dreamer did. You know, there's some wrestlers, uh, Roadkill and Danny Doring. A lot of these guys, you know, that was this was like it for them. This was like their last show. This was their go-home show. This They were closing up shop after this pay-per-view. And a lot of these guys, like, where was Masato Tanaka? He went back probably to Japan. Mike Awesome, what was he really doing? WCW? Not in 2005. He was doing nothing. That was a one-off for him. You know, a lot of these guys didn't get any more opportunities after this show, man. It was just crazy. 
You know, it was just it was crazy to see how far this company has come and the amount of crazy matches they put together and a lot of things that just change the pro wrestling history, you know, industry for what it is what it's known for now. Just fantastic stuff, man. But to me, this was ECW's last show, in my honest opinion. As far as my rating for this show, and I know some people might be a little crucial about this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it 100 percent honest, man. I'm not gonna sit here and say that this show was a 10. I'm going to say this show was an eight and a half to an, if not a nine, this show was absolutely fantastic for so many reasons, man. It being possibly the last ECW show that Paul Heyman had control over the talent that was on this show, the Masato Tanaka and Mike Austin match just tore the freaking house down. You know, I mean, I'm going to give it a nine. I think this is one of those shows where it's hard for you not to give this a nine. You know, this was a fantastic show, man. It really was. It, it was even, even to go back a little bit in time just to watch this again and give you guys this review on this show, man. And just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Even the ending of the show, having Raw and SmackDown in that ring with ECW talent, and then they're just beating the hell out of one another. I mean, what more can you say, man? It was like ECW was like still had some fight left in them. <clears throat> and that's exactly what I thought and what I took away from them all being in the ring, beating the hell out of one another. It was just fantastic stuff, man. Fantastic television. But I have to give this a nine, man. I feel like this pay-per-view was really, really good. So if you guys have the network, man, go back and watch this match. Uh, watch this pay-per-view. It's ECW's One Night Stand 2005. But I'm going to have to give this a nine. I know some people might think that's a little too high of a score or a rating, if you will, for this pay-per-view. But this pay-per-view was absolutely awesome, man. A lot of nostalgia, a lot of history with this pay-per-view. So that is my review of ECW's One Night Stand 2005. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful and remember... Stay classic. Peace.